This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. Hey, uh, we're, we're kind of mixing it up a little bit today, and uh, we're starting a brand new series today called Let Hope In. And, and I'm really excited about this series. Uh, we're going to be doing some things a little bit differently over the next couple of weeks. And, and in this series, it's going to be a little bit different. Normally, every week we come in here and say, like, hey, here's a big idea, and here's three steps to go make that happen in your life. And that's, that's really practical and applicable. But there's some things in life that you can't just... Uh, finish up or you can't just remedy with like a one, two, three uh, aspect because there's a process to it. Anybody, anybody recognize that, that there's some processes to life? And so this series called Let Hope In is, is going to be, over the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a process. It's going to build upon every single week. And so I want to encourage you guys, don't miss each week because each week is going to build upon the next week. And it's going to be, I believe it's going to be a powerful, powerful thing uh, in, in people's lives and what God wants to do here is going to be absolutely incredible. And um, in thinking about this series, I always get really, really excited about when we step into the month of December. Because uh, the month of December is a great time to think uh, not only about the past, this past year, you know, what's happened in this year, what's transpired, you know, what goals have we accomplished, which ones have we maybe fallen off a little bit on, and, and, and thinking about those things and saying, oh man, this year, this is what's happened. But it's also a great time to reflect and think about what do we want for 2014? What do we want this new year that's about to roll around right around the corner to look like for us? What do we have as far as dreams and aspirations because I think for all of us we have some really really big hopes for this next year don't we we're we're thinking about the future that we've always dreamed of and we're thinking man this is the year that is going to finally come to fruition this is the year that that career that I've been dreaming about is finally I'm going to take the step that's going to take me to that place where I'm going to experience this life that I've always wanted for others of us it's going to be man this is the year that I'm going to finally meet that person Hello, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, single people are like, yes, we want to meet people. Um, and so, you know, this is going to be the year that you're going to meet that person, and that relationship is just going to blossom, and you have this hope for that. You have some, you have some aspirations uh, as far as your finances. You, you know, this past year was maybe a year that you've been trying to get out of debt, and this next year is going to be the year that you finally accomplish freedom in your finances, and you're like, man, this is going to be absolutely incredible. And, and we have all these hopes and we have all these dreams, and they're absolutely unbelievable. And we're chasing after them, and we think to ourselves, man, this is the time that is finally going to happen. This is going to be the year that my breakthrough is going to happen, that everything is going to be realized, and it's just going to be glorious. It's like heaven's going to open up, angels are going to start singing hallelujah, and the beam of light's going to come down, and it's going to be me and Jesus and all of my dreams. And, uh, and that's, that's what we all hope for, I would think. All of us want this next year to be great. And, uh, but I found for a lot of us, and myself included, there seems to be, always be this one thing that's always standing in the way of the dreams that we have and our current reality of, of where we are. And, and there seems to be this barrier in our lives. And for, for so many of us, we all have this hope that we long for, we want, but there's this thing that seems to be blocking us from accomplishing it. And for a lot of us, it's our unforgettable past. 
It's the areas of life that have been the mess-ups or the mix-ups. And, and the reality is, is the best predictor of our future is, in fact, typically our past. The best way to look and say, what is our future going to look like is going to be looking at what's happened in, a, in the past. And, and, and by looking at that, there's a, probably a really good indication based on that that this is what our future is going to look like. And, and unless there's some sort of big change, some monumental uh, thinking that happens that all of a sudden shifts the way that you do things, that's really what probably your life is going to look like. And I was thinking this week and over this past couple of months just about my own life, and and I came to the conclusion of of this question. And I want to ask it to you because I think that this question is really going to set kind of the tone for this series. And that question is this, is do you like who you're becoming in life? Not do you like what you're doing. Not do you like what's happened to you, but do you like who you're becoming? Because what's happened to you and what you've done isn't necessarily who you're becoming. It might impact who you're becoming, but who you're becoming is way more important than the things that you've done in your life. And a lot of us get caught up in, in becoming as, as far as like people ask me, who are you? Oh, I'm a pastor. Well, no, 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 that's, that's my job. That's not who I'm becoming. Some of you, you might be, right now, you might be a server, but that's not who you are. That's your job. It's all about who are you becoming. In this, and then in this season, when it's so easy to get focused on all this different stuff, I think the greatest thing that we can focus on rolling into this next year, getting ready for 2014, is, is do we like the person that we're becoming? And if we don't, how do we change that? How do we move past that right now? Because the heart, this heart-trending thing that I found about all of us as humans is that we are hardwired, the majority of us, to replay our past over and over and over again, especially if there's pain and disappointment in it. I mean, haven't you found that? Like, the good times in life, like, we don't replay that video very often. It's the hurt, it's the pain, it's the disappointment, it's the, it's the person that, that said they would and they didn't, and we replay that over and over and over again in our minds like a broken record. And here's kind of the big idea is, is this, is your past is not your past if it's still impacting your present. Because this is what I know about all of us. All of us have a past. All of us have some hurt. All of us have some pain. All of us have some of those things. But if it's still impacting our present, then it's not really our past. It's still our current reality. That's why this past year, how many of you guys made New Year's resolutions? I mean, we all go through every year. We, we, make the, we come up with these ideas. Like, I, I made a resolution. I want to get in shape. I went to the gym twice this year, and that was to watch my wife work out. That doesn't really qualify. That's truth. It was this past week, and it was horrible. I had to like, watch all these people that, that actually did what they set out to do, and, and I didn't. And I'm thinking, why, why didn't that happen for me? Why didn't I just show up there and just all of a sudden you know, have a hot bod and stuff, and it just didn't work? I mean, do you ever wonder why you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again in your life? Do you ever ask yourself that question? Do you ever wonder why you have such a difficult time maintaining healthy relationships? 
I mean, is it, is it because you lack discipline? Uh, I mean, that, that could be one of the reasons. Or is it because you don't want it bad enough? I think that, that those are possibilities for most of our lives. But I think that the most of us, we continue to struggle in this area because the issue is much deeper than you just wanting it or you just having greater discipline. I think when the majority of us were to, were to look at our lives and we're to ask ourselves the gnawing question of, of, of this is why am I not getting the life that I want? Why am I not having the dreams? Why am I not living out the desires? Why am I not living out this hope that I've had maybe since I was a little kid? Why is that really not coming to fruition in my life? And, and I think the question that we should be posing to ourselves is what is in my life that I'm still carrying with me from my past that's keeping me from my future? What is it that I'm holding on to? Because whether that pain is close to the surface where it's really easy to diagnose and recognize or whether it's hidden deep within inside of ourselves, man, there is this thing that, that's going on. If not properly dealt with, will entire, entirely impact every single aspect of our lives, whether we like it or not. And I know that this is so true of my life. I, I, when I was 20 years old, I got a job as an executive pastor at a very large church. And, and man, that's, that's a great deal for a 20-year-old. But in that process, uh, I got hurt really, really bad by my pastor. In, in fact, it, it, we just had a, we had a struggling relationship and, and I felt like I was abused in that situation. And, and I remember leaving that job and being so hurt and so broken and having all these aspirations to follow God's call on my life because God's got a plan for each and every one of us. But at the same point going, I don't think I ever want to do this again in my life. And thinking to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go uh, start a business and make millions of dollars and screw God and screw church. Uh, because it's easier to just go ignore what's happened to me and go on with my life than it is to deal with the pain that I'm experiencing right now. And I think that some of you guys are in that same situation. You've experienced some pain. You've experienced some hurt. And it's way easier just to suppress that thing and ignore it than actually deal with it. And I got involved in this church and I started hanging out with this pastor and started getting in relationship with him. And he started seeing things in my life and started calling those things out. And, and as we were in the midst of that, he started noticing that every relationship I got close to, like I was like, uh, I was that person that if, as we got closer in relationship, I would just cut you because I was hurting so bad in life. The hurt that was in my life was impacting every single other aspect of my life. And so if we got close before long, like I would just cut you out of naturally because it was a self-defense mechanism because I didn't want you to get it too close because I didn't trust you. And this pastor started recognizing that and he started saying, you know what, if you're gonna have the future that God wants for you, you're gonna have to start to deal with the pain of your past. And if you don't deal with that now, man, it's gonna continue to impact every single thing in your life and it's gonna keep you from the future and the hope that you have. And let me just tell you something today. For some of you guys out there, what's keeping you from the hope and the future of what you desire in 2014 and the rest of 2013 is that, uh, that unresolved past. But the good news of the gospel is, is who you were yesterday doesn't have to limit who you can be today. That's the great news of what Jesus did is, is it doesn't matter what's happened in your past. Your past does not have to impact your present. It can change if you're willing to let the, the, the hope of Christ come into your life and resurrect and change and transform some dead things. And over the next couple of weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time and we're going to answer four questions. 
And I believe that as we answer these four questions in our lives, and as we deal with the realities of them, that it will absolutely radically transform us to become the person that God has called us to become. Because at the end of the day, if we become who God's called us to become, we'll end up doing what he wants us to do. But we'll never do what he wants us to do if we don't become the person that he's called us to be. Because it's about being, not doing. And we get so caught up in our, our mindset in America of, uh, I've got to do this, 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 I've got to do this. And doing is great, but God wants us to become something. He wants us to become more and more like his son. And so today is all about how do we become that person? How do we do that? And so the first, the first question we have to ask ourselves, or we have to cho- a choice we have to make is this. Is, this, is this. If you don't learn to transform the pain of your life, You'll just transfer it. If you don't learn how to transform the pain that's happened in your life, you'll just transfer it to someone else. And this is what I know about all of us. All of us have experienced pain. There's not a single one of us that gets through life without experiencing some hurt and some disappointment, some letdowns, because all of us have them. No matter where we are, whether it's at a young age or at an older age, we all experience it all the times, and if we haven't dealt with the hurt from our past, it will continue to impact everything that we touch in life. It's why, for some of us, we're dealing with some, some hidden sin issues, and, and we're trying to keep it from everybody else, but it's impacting every single thing that we do because we're constantly in hiding. For others of us, it's some abuse that happened to us when we were kids. It isn't even something we did. It's something that somebody did to us, and we're hiding that thing, and we're keeping that thing, and it's, it's still impacting every relationship that we engage with. For you high schoolers, maybe it was that, that oppressive teacher that was constantly demoralizing you in class and calling you stupid and is still impacting you today because they didn't believe in who you were and, and what you were capable of. Maybe for others of you, it was, it was a broken marriage that you experienced. And because of that, you think, man, nobody will ever want me again. And we all have some pains and we all have some hurts. And, and for most of us, these things can and will have a huge impact on our lives. They're going to have an impact on our lives. There's, there's no doubt about it. We can act like they're not. We can, we can try to disregard them. We can try to ignore them. But they're still going to impact us. If we don't find ways to learn from our past, I can guarantee you this. We're going to continue to be doomed to repeat it over and over and over again. And studies show that this is true. It's, I was reading an article in Psychology Today about marriages. In America, the average marriage in America, 50% of them will fail in divorce. But the thing they said is, is because people don't learn from their past, when they go get married the second time, the second time that jumps to 63%. So just by not even dealing with the issues that got you divorced in the first place will more than likely make you even more divorced in the second time around. And if you decide after that, like, you're going to go try to fix the problem that you've never fixed just by getting somebody else and get married a third time, it jumps to like 82%. Because a lot of us, we just think, man, if I just ignore the problem and I just go find somebody else, then that somebody else is going to fix the problem. Because I'm not the problem. I don't have the issue. But the reality is, is if we don't learn from our past, we're going to be doomed to repeat it over and over and over again. And see, we're not the only ones that have been, had a, a, a pretty difficult past. There's, there's lots of people in the Bible. And today we're going to be looking in, uh, 
in Genesis chapter uh, 39. If you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there, we're going to be looking at a guy named Joseph. And let me kind of give you a backstory on what's happening in his life because I think that his life is probably reflective of some of our lives. And some of us, it isn't necessarily exactly reflective, but a lot of the hurts and the pains that he experienced are the same things that we're experiencing. And, and Joseph, uh, if you don't know the story, he is uh, the youngest of 12 siblings. And so he had 12 older brothers and then himself. I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, w- I had stepbrothers and stepsisters that were older than me and half-brothers and half-sisters that were older than me. And when I was growing up, more than anything, being a younger sibling, all I wanted from them was just to pay a little bit of attention to me. Like my greatest goal as growing up was when they were playing a video game for me to be able to be able to play that video game with them. If they were playing touch football, I just want to play touch football with them. If they were beating somebody up, I want to jump in and beat somebody up with them. Like I just wanted them to recognize that I existed in life. And I think Joseph was very much the same way. He had these older siblings, and more than anything, he's looking for their love. He's looking for their affection, but more than that, he's looking for their acceptance. And through, through a series of events, he happens to be his dad's favorite. That's never a good sign for the youngest because everybody else ends up resenting you because you're dad's favorite. And, uh, and, and so his older brothers had this resentment towards him, and, and he might have been a little arrogant and cocky. He had a dream one time. And, and this is, if you happen to have this dream, I, I encourage you not to share it with everybody, particularly your older siblings, if it deals with them. But he had a dream about his older siblings that one day they're going to bow down and worship him and he was going to be over them. And so he kind of shared that with them and that didn't really endear him to them. And so uh, they, had, they had some angst against him and they had some, some issues with him. And, and because of that, one day he went to go visit them while they were out shepherding and they decided to beat him up and to throw him in a pit and sell him to some, some gypsies that were going by as a, as a slave. Now, I don't know about you, but no matter what your fi- family dynamics are like, if your siblings took and sold you, like, you're probably going to have some issues. Can you imagine that the people you want love and acceptance from the most rejecting you that bad? Some of you have faced some enormous rejection in life. And you've been trying to make up through it, through acts and different things, and you're thinking, man, if I could just gain their, if I could just gain their acceptance. And it's hurting you. Think about it like this. I was thinking about this. When people say they love you, it doesn't really mean that much, does it? Like, I mean, you might be like, oh, that's nice, but it isn't really that impacting. But when people do things or say things that say, I don't love you, you feel it to the depth of who you are. Some of you guys here today, that's exactly what you grew up in. You grew up in a family where they said over and over again, maybe not through words, but through actions, I don't love you. You've been holding on to that pain and that hurt for quite a while. Joseph gets sold into slavery and, and he gets bought by an official uh, named Potiphar and he, he rises to prominence in Potiphar's house. And in uh, Genesis chapter 39 and verse six, it says this. He said, he left in Joseph's care everything he had. With Joseph in charge, He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's 
wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything. In the house, everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? I love Joseph here. Even in the midst of all the rejection, even in the midst of, of, of feeling like he's abandoned because he's been sold into slavery, he still knows that God's got something for his life. And let me just tell you something. No matter what's happening in your life, God's still got something for for your life. God's still got a plan for your life. He isn't done with you. As long as you're here on earth sucking up air, there's something for to be happened and done in your life, and God still wants to do something through you. Don't give up hope. Don't throw in the towel. Don't just, don't just wipe it away and say, man, I'm just going to exist, because God's still got a plan for you. And he continues on. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Or even be with her. And one day he went into the house to attend to his duties. And none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left the cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. And when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand he, and he had run out of the house, she called to her household servants, look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. Now, right here, Joseph is framed and imprisoned for the very thing that he had self-control not to do, sleep with his master's wife. And this is where the Bible just, honestly, it just kind of ticks me off. Because I know for so many times in life, like, I'm like, man, God, I'm doing what you said to do. Like, I've been trusting you. Like, why am I even praying in this situation? Why am I even believing right now? Because all of this crap is happening in my life. And I know I'm not the only one that goes through that. I know that there's others of us, man, we're doing the right thing and we think we're, we're going in the right direction and all of a sudden, even in the midst of that, something happens that we didn't do. And let me just tell you something, some of the things that are happening in your life, you had no part in, but yet you're being hurt in the situation. Like you didn't choose to have that happen to you. You didn't choose for that pain to happen. You didn't make a decision for that to take place. It just happened because you had to happen to be in that place at that time. And then there's others of you that you did make a decision and you're in this prison. Maybe not a physical prison, but it's an emotional prison. It's a psychological prison thinking, man, like I am trapped right here. Man, I'm so trapped in this moment and you see all this injustice and you see all this pain and you see all this hurt and right here we have a choice. Just like Joseph had a choice, man, we can become a person who becomes better because of our situation or we can become a person who becomes bitter in our situation. And for a lot of us, the choice is really easy to become bitter. It's really easy to take all that hurt and all that pain and all that injustice and say, man, it's your fault. To anybody who gets around you without you even knowing it. And so we can transfer that pain or we can choose to allow God to transform us in the midst of our pain and that's what this is all about it's about how do we transform that pain rather than transfer it to other people because when we transfer it to other people when we transfer it to other things then when we transfer it to our future it impacts everything that we do and through a series of miraculous events that are unbelievable uh, joseph ends up being released from prison and, and rises to prominence uh, under the Pharaoh. And let me just tell you something. No matter how bad your past has been, no matter how broken you feel, no matter how much injustice has happened in your life, 
God has got a plan to rise you out of that jail cell. He's got a plan to take you out of your situation if you're willing to put your trust in him. Because no matter how bad it is, let me just tell you something, God has got a plan for you. And it's a thing that in the midst of brokenness that we have got to remember is that there is still hope. And what happens is, is as Joseph starts to rise to prominence, he predicts the future that there's going to be a, a drought that's going to come across the land and they need to store up all these, this grain and all this food. And what happens is, is all throughout all of that area, man, people are going hungry and everybody's coming to Egypt to buy food and they're rising in prominence. And in the midst of that, his brothers come to Egypt because they're starving and they need to buy food. And when, they're, when they come, it would have been really, really easy for Joseph to lash out against them because that's exactly what I would have done. Like if my enemy that hurt me comes and I have a chance to get him, I wish I could say that I was like that holy that I wouldn't be like sick of God. Come on, y'all know that you're the same way. Don't lie. Like you're not that, like we're, we all have this tendency to like want, like they deserve. But in the midst of that, instead of giving them what they deserved, Joseph forgave them. And I love this verse, and this is kind of the culmination of, of this story in Genesis chapter 50 in verse 20. And this is what he did. He looked him in the eye and he says, what you meant for evil against me, but God meant it for good. What you meant for evil against me, God meant it for good. Another way of putting it is, is, listen, you meant all this harm, you meant all this pain, you meant all this suffering in my life, but God had a different plan. Joseph didn't, didn't try to deny his past. He didn't try to pretend that his brothers had never hurt him. Instead of doing all that, he had the grace to grieve his situation rather than transfer the pain. And today, for some of you guys, you've been transferring the pain for so long. You've been denying the pain for so long. You've been trying to ignore the pain for so long. And it's impacting everything that you do. And today is the day that you need to start to grieve the situation that you had. You need to cry and cry and cry until you can't cry anymore. And then instead of continuing to sit there and wallow in your pain, you need to get up and realize that you've been knocked down, but you haven't been knocked out. That there's still a hope and a plan for your future. And today is the day that maybe you need to get up from the hurts of your past and you need to start to move forward because God wants to transform that hurt into something beautiful. Because there is a but God for your situation. What everybody else meant for harm, what the world meant for harm, God meant for good. And I love that, that phrase, but God, because it's like this, this point in scripture where there's like this line of demarcation where it says, man, you might be broken, but man, Christ, but God is gonna heal you. Man, you might have no hope, but all of a sudden, but God's gonna come in and he's gonna give you a hope for your future, man, but God. And some of us today, we need to hear a but God because that is the fantastically good news that God has for us. No matter what's happened in your past, no matter what you've gone through, but God has got something for your future. And I love it. In the psalmist, he says, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains my strength. He is mine forever. Jesus in Matthew 19, 26, he says, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. The, the apostle in, in the book of Acts, he says, when they had done all the prophecies and said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in the tomb, but God raised him from the dead. But God, once we were dead to sin, but God made us alive. Man, once we, we were captive to our past, but God has made us free. 
Once we had nothing, but with God, we have everything. Listen, there's no way to get around our past. There's no way that we can erase it or we can, we can just deny it and hope that it goes away. And the goal of this series isn't to become a person who doesn't have a history. The goal of this series is to find a new way of working with our past so it doesn't impact our future. It's so that we don't have to live our lives based out of that hurt, but we can base our lives out of the wholeness of what Christ wants to bring to us. And I'm, I'm so committed to this idea that I believe that anything's possible for your life. A lot of people will tell you things are impossible, but I believe that anything is possible for you. And I, I, I get that because I believe that that's what Jesus did for me. He made my life anything's possible. And it's so easy to get caught up in what hasn't worked that we miss out on what God wants to do to make it work. And I believe that God today is trying to help you become the man or woman that he created you to be. Because God, all throughout the Bible, it's a story of God loving the underdog. God showing up in miraculous ways with the broken and the one that nobody can use and through his strength and through his power overcoming the situation. And what we need to know more than anything going into this year, ending this year, is that, man, God is bigger than your history and more concerned with your destiny today than ever before. So I was at this place of being broken and lost and so far from the person that I knew that I was shamed, holding a lot of weight and a lot of secrets and a lot of shame. What the devil was telling me and the thoughts that kept coming through my head was that I was alone in this, that this is not something that anyone else has dealt with. And he isolated me in that. What other girl in this room has had an affair? What other person has sinned in the way that you have? No one. I had closed myself off from everyone to hide the fact that I was in this relationship and had become numb to who I was. I had a decision to make. I was left with just this wave of emotion that I knew was on the other side, knowing that I was at this crossroads of having made the worst decision of my life, having made a series of them leading me to this place, and having the ability to run and to flee from everything. I could do that right now. Or I could stay, and I wouldn't have to face anything. I could just keep going, and I could stay numb. I could stay hidden, I could stay away from my family. And that's what I decided to do. Once I had kind of hit bottom, God was still knocking on my heart and saying that there were plans for me and that this is not what he had for me, despite this. And there came a time where I came to Coastal because I knew, I knew that that is not what he had and I needed to walk away from it. And I was broken 
and I was embarrassed and shamed and dealing with a lot of those emotions of not wanting to be exposed to the things that I had done because they were so painful. So when I got there and I had these intentions of sitting in the back and not wanting to be exposed and having to find the strength to go and be a part of community when I wanted to hide. It took a lot of strength to get to that group, but getting to that group was exactly what I needed to do. Because the thing that bridged the gap from my past to my future was community, was the healing that took place there. It took some time before I felt like I could share my story, but as these relationships developed, I knew that I needed to do that. Um, and in sharing that, it gave freedom for me from that. The heaviness wasn't as great that tied me to my past telling me what I couldn't be because I shed light on what I had done and it freed me from it in some ways. God started to break down the walls in my heart and was speaking to me and was shedding away those layers and just restoring me in a lot of ways. And He's had me in this process of just redefining who I am and telling me that the things that I had done are not who I am and that what has happened is not who I am and it does not affect the future. And that if anything, the understanding of His grace because of that has given me fuel and a passion to move me into the things that He's called me to. And that's sharing the understanding of His love and the fact that He's the only thing in my life that is ever gonna complete me. That is what I have to bring away from it, is that hope and that passion and moving that forward. I had never understood His love before until then until I did in that way, and it's changed everything. What I love about God is that He is bigger than your history because He is more concerned about your destiny. And I love Jessica's story because Jessica's story is a story of grace. It's a story of redemption. It's a story of hope. And her story doesn't have to be any different than your story. See, Jessica discovered that God's got the best exchange rate in the world. He said, what I'll do is, he said, you give me your brokenness, you give me your pain, you give me your shame, you give me your sin, and I'll take all that. I'll take that through my son, Jesus, who I sent just for you to die on a cross for all that so that I can give you hope so that I can give you joy so that I can give you peace so I can give you purpose so I can give you a, a future and today I think for many the choice is going to be yours, whether you want to continue to hold on to the pain and the hurt 
and the suffering that you've had and the injustice that you've had and you can continue to transfer it and you can always go through life wondering why or you can choose to give it to Jesus and allow him to transform it in your life doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight doesn't mean it's going to happen in an instant but that's where you start and today I believe that there's a lot of you that have have got some things in your life that Jesus today is saying man if you'll if you'll give me that I'll give you something that you've never had before and that's hope hope not just for the moment but hope for a lifetime why we named this series Let Hope In because we have to open the door to let Jesus come in and take care of those things in our lives let's pray Father God I just come before you and I know that so many people just, just based on the first service and there's so many people that are dealing with hurts and they're dealing with pains and they're dealing with disappointments and man things have happened to them and there's things that they've done And God, you're concerned with who we are becoming and what has happened to us and what's been done to us. And those things are tragic and they can impact us greater than we'll ever understand. But today, you don't want our past to continue to be our present. You want to change our past so that it is in our past so that we can learn from it, but so that we can walk into the present of what you have for us. And maybe you're out there today today is the day that you need to let go of some of those things and say for the first time, you know what, I'm not going to continue to harbor this bitterness. I'm not going to continue to harbor this hurt. I'm not going to continue to harbor this anger. Jesus, I'm going to hand that to you today. And this is what I know is that when we draw near to God, when we come near to God, God always shows up. And I believe that Jesus is here and he's waiting to impact your life. And if you're out there with every head bowed and every eye closed and you say, you know what, there's some things that I need to to hand over today. And if you just slip your hand up real quick, I just want to pray for you. Thank 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 you. Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Father God, I just come before you and I thank you. man, that you are the the great exchanger. That you take the hurt and the pain and you transform it into something beautiful, God. That you take the broken things of our lives and turn it into this amazing mosaic because of your son, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that as, as people are identifying that hurt. They're identifying that pain in their life. Right now, God, that that you would exchange that for your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your peace, for your loving kindness, God. That today, hope would come in and fill their lives beyond what they've ever imagined. Holy Spirit, just moving away in their lives like you never had before. God, thank you for the transformation that you're starting in people's lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. 
For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Thank you.